Welcome to the Prisoner Podcast. This is the podcast where we are reviewing all 692 episodes of the Australian TV show Prisoner, which aired for eight seasons between 1979 and 1986. You can find us on the socials via both Instagram and Facebook. A handle on Instagram, if that is your poison, is at the underscore prisoner underscore podcast. And on Facebook, simply search for us, the Prisoner Podcast where you'll find a ton of screen grabs from the most recent episodes, as well as other bits of information that Yvonne puts out. So if you are on Instagram or are on Facebook, consider to search for us, follow the accounts, like the posts, and comment away as you see fit after listening to us ramble. And if you could also take the time to leave a review on the Apple Podcast app or any of the directories where you are listening to us on, it would be greatly appreciated as those all-important algorithms help get our podcast out there into the ears of those who we feel should be listening, but simply, as of yet, don't know it. So with that housekeeping out of the way, as always, I'm John. And on this episode, we have a new guest. This is Angela's Fascinator, (laughs) or Angela's Hat. Angela's hats. Yellow. Um, Angela's hats because she wore another one. Oh, just love her so. Oh, she has a head for hats, or a hat for heads. <laughs> you swipe right for Angela. Yes. Why? Why not? <laughs> First of <laughs> <Good> all, <answer. laughs> First of all, her hats. She also seems like. Well, we know if I was basing it off just like a like a dating app profile, say, um, I would assume she would have like a quirky, you could tell she was intelligent. I'd be like, oh, I'm interested in her. I'd like to I'd like to have a dinner with her and just hear her out. But I'd be demanding that makeup. Oh, God, her eyeshadow is stunning. And then I'd probably get over her trying to get me involved in all her charities and I'd be like, oh, I can't do you. I can't talk to you anymore. Yeah, I can't see you being the do-gooder type. Shut up. Do you know what, though? I'm not. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm not a do-gooder, but I do um, donate to charities during, like, relief, disaster relief. So, for you know, obviously there's been a lot of floods here, John, in areas that aren't usually suffering from it um, in, re- in our regional state. In, uh, 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 and I just donated money to the Sikh um, meal prep. So, you know how there's a bunch of Sikhs? that have a van and they have a kitchens and stuff and they just cook shite tons of meals and feed the needy, feed people in dust. They're so amazing. Like they are killing it, right? Anyway, so they um, I donated to them because I know that that's where the money goes to and they're very well promoted. And then I donated to Blaze Aid, which are a bunch of volunteers that use money to, re, um, to rebuild farmers like uh, fencing and paddocks and stuff like that because I'm like, that's pretty important. Where am I going to get me veggies from? Because obviously everything you do benefits you in some way, even if it's avoiding pain or something. So I did that. Oh, that's good of you. That's that's the best I did. Yeah, and that's, and that's <laughs> well, I think that that's uh, really just, to, just to participate somewhere in the chain. Is- that's right, because I can't really do much. The only thing I can do later is um, – you know, go to these places and just spend shite tons of money at their bakeries. 
buying vanilla slices. Like, you know, you go to these places later when they're actually up and running and you buy and you put money back into their economy. But, I mean, how many, like, how many salad roll sandwiches and vanilla slices can I buy in one trip? Don't worry, guys. It's a lot. <laughs> Lots. Do you know Custard. what I found out the other day? Yeah, go. Oh, my God, John. I'll send you the picture. Uh-oh. There is a guy in Flinders. Near me? That, yes. Let me send you this picture. So there's a fish and chip shop, and I think Flinders Vanilla Slice, there is a guy, and my partner's been there, who sells vanilla slice by the weight. I've never seen a vanilla slice this huge. Guys, it's like the size of one of those old school German Bibles. <laughs> like, wait, let me just sit. It looks like, you know, in Harry Potter, when they have those big ass thick books like that Dumbledore reads for yeah. from. Yeah, or the. That's um, how big it is. Jesus. Let me just send it to Jordan. And his moustache is everything too. Um, yeah, Flinders. Go there. Get it. And then go to the fish and chip shop because I think it's either connected to it or it's next door. Well, it says here. And oh, it's, get it. It's the Guinness. World of Records, biggest book of records slice. or whatever, biggest vanilla slice. Yeah. I mean, look at the size of that thing. I yeah. mean, who the hell is going to eat that? Is that a genuine question? Well, I know that you would probably eat it in a Well, in then the you city. have your answer, you fuck. <laughs> but you don't have to eat it all in one go. Don't you? you don't have to order it that You don't have to get that much, but I would. I'd be like, five kilos, please, and then I'll have $80 worth of fish and chips. Guys, we don't do, for the guys in the UK, we don't do um, mushy peas here. So when you come here, you won't get them in a fish and chip shop, but you can get a bunch do of Do you get mushy stuff. peas in the fish and chip shop in the UK? Well, I don't because I'm not disgusting. I mean, I am disgusting, but just not in that way. Guys, I can't. I, aren't I, they just peas, I right? don't like you peas. just mush them? Is yeah, that- that's what it is. Yes. But maybe more, like sometimes it's a bit more liquidy. But basically, it's mushed peas, okay. and they eat it like at fish and chip shops. You get it in a little, a little Container. bowl on the side. So, so because so, you know, like the big thing now is to get a, a pot of gravy with it and just dip your chips in and all that. Fucking love it. Yeah, yeah. See, they're good with their gravies too. Yeah. But uh, they do mushy Yorkshire peas, and I'm and like, stuff. you guys are. Oh fuck, I love a good Yorkshire pudding. Oh my god. What about black pudding? That's my favourite. We've spoken about this. I feckin' love black pudding. And I know you miss it, don't you? Yes, it's the one thing I miss. You should miss it. It's delicious. And you know mm. what? It's still just as delicious as you remember it to be. So I'm just saying. I used to sear it on both sides on a barbecue, add a bit of salt and bang. Oh, my God. It's like you're eating your own organs. It's so delicious. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? It's just it's sheep's blood and everything. So it's tasty. You know yeah. that blood taste? It's a bit like rusty, mm. salty. Mm. Yes, my mouth's watering now, guys. Um, now what are we doing? Episode sixty-five, guys. Oh god, we've made it to sixty-five, and we're still going strong. We're now, at retirement age. Yes, jo- yes. Although it's sixty, it's sixty-seven Although- or sixty-eight now, isn't it? Yes, and they've just come out with some sort of like headline in the news that um, in Australia, as of in effect, did they say in a couple of years we're going to have over like two? Did they say two billion sixty-five-year-olds? Anyway, Jesus, we, should, yeah. we should get into that business. That's because we're the ones. Um, well, the baby boomers, man. Yeah, yeah, and they're the ones who started to, I think, more look after themselves or have that sort and of last the gyms. longer. Yeah. 
Now, John, yes. before we start, I just want to say, John reckons this is a short episode, but I've got six pages worth of notes, so we're Jesus. going to try to congest it and make it as short as possible. Congest it. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but you know what happened? I literally fell asleep at four o'clock. Look, it's a work day, and I yeah. just fell asleep and woke up at 4.30 went, <gasps> I didn't know if I was out of space or whatever, so I'm, like, really wired. More than usual. Okay. Jesus. Well, I'd start with the sign. I remember you like having like a good night's sleep. You come into the office the next day and goes, <laughs> listen here, all you MFs. I've had a good night's sleep, so just watch out. I've had 12 hours. You're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> and it was on for Donkey Kong. How harassed yeah. did you get that day? It was insane, wasn't it? It was like, oh, my God. It was like any Holy other normal. shit. <laughs> yes. It was like a normal person and you put them on like crack cocaine or some shit or speed. I was Bugging, right? It was great. Absolutely. <laughs> and then John took four days off. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I needed to recover. Somehow. <laughs> All right. Um, synopsis. Okay, so Prisoner episode sixty-five. So this first went went to air Wednesday, October the third, nineteen seventy-nine. Just on that, I have found out that sometimes the synchronicity between what was shown in Melbourne. And yes. what was shown in Sydney, mm. especially Sydney, was mm. way off. Really? Yeah. So, for example, mm. um, I was reading about, I, I don't quite know what I was um, looking at. Anyhow, yep. I, was, I was looking at, um, they were talking about the final, the final few episodes, right? It's mm. like 690, 691 and 692. Yeah. That first went to air in 1986, like December, sometime 1986, right? Mm -hmm. In Sydney, they only caught up to that, um, and that was shown as a telly movie at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, my God. um, In September 1987. Really? Yeah. So. Did it just get, like. Taken off because it was like they didn't watch it as much over there by that well, point. Uh, you, you just wonder if they mm. like in the last year that they all of a sudden just only played it once, once a week. Yeah, good point. Um, but then there's probably something here, else that took its place. Yeah, but then for here, I mean, nowadays, I think most of the t what most of the TV shows like the movies and all that Australian Idol. Crap and all that sort of thing. The worst stuff. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> that. I think is is just played everything. But there must be some sort of specific Melbourne shows and some specific, you know, more like yeah. the lifestyle shows. You know, like if they're doing yes. like a rugby league show and a, and the AFL yep. kind of like show and things like that. But you know, mm. but for other sorts of things, yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. I just found it really um, because I. Mm. I would I would have expected more of that way earlier, but I think that as things got on and maybe ratings were lower, lower, yeah, lower, yeah. and you know you're up against you know freaking I don't know Buck Rogers in the 25th century and <laughs> the A Team and Murder She Wrote and all that sort of stuff, oh, you know that all of a sudden you know that like it was you know I hey you know, to have two episodes per week yeah it's a lot it's excessive towards the end when especially when they're taking prime time spots Mm -hmm. two days a week when kind of maybe nobody's really watching it anymore you know yeah i think that i I think that last i think from what i read the last series was kind of a little problematic but you know um, yeah anyhow that's right 
But this particular episode, I should say, was Wednesday, October the 3rd, 1979. So what happened in episode 65? So the officers have a staff meeting. I hate that word staff. Same. A team meeting. Yeah, they have a they have a meeting to discuss the new working conditions administered only to have it gate crashed by Jim, who is the person that they were really complaining about. I mean, how mm-hmm. awkward was Orcs, that? Man. Two new prisoners are transferred from Barnhurst, one being Pat O'Connell to be closer to her children. That's that's nice. Yeah, I agree. And one Chrissy Latham alongside a barrage of slow-mo memories that we've got to, I'm sure we'll talk about. And with Meg feeling she has been set up by Jim as punishment, things are about to reach a highly charged emotional boiling point. And as a consequence, the officers are so disgusted by Meg's treatment and resolve to strike as Jim blatantly refuses the fresh list of officer demands. Karen visits Judith Ann's mother, then visits Angela and discovers Doreen's mother is trying to track her down. And Glennis's police guard, if you remember him, he has actually been demoted to the position of Wentworth's front gate officer. But you didn't see that one coming, no, did you? No, I did not see that coming. So you <laughs> need to pop in when I talk about Angela's hat in that scene. <laughs> um, so where do you want to start with this one? All right, let's start with Inside Wentworth because there's a little bit on Judith oh, Ann and all that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Um, that wasn't. <laughs> you know, have you seen the movie School of Rock? Oh, with, with uh, Frank Black? Jack Black? Where yes. Where Frank Black, he says one line. I don't don't know why, guys, but all day today, and I don't know why, I've just been saying this line, and you will not fight me for creative control. He says that in the movie, and I don't know why, but I woke up with that in my head, and I've just been saying it all day. I I know why. Why? Because you're a bastard. Thank you. (laughs) Hashtag thank you. Yes. Hashtag (laughs) bastard. Hashtag thank you. Um, now, as you mentioned, Officer Barry tells Vera about the union meeting, um, and that's happening in five minutes in the staff room. Ugh, staff room. Now, have the unions it- changed? Do you reckon between now and no, the, and then? Are they just now. as annoying, or, yeah. or just as useless, or useful? Probably just as threatening in some respects. Uh, I would say both, just as useful and also just as annoying. I would say. I don't think the union, like the concept of a union, and the overall. Help from a union is great. The problem is that people that choose, that are drawn to it and then go up through the ranks, they're the worst people. Yeah. Only my opinion, though, and I don't know anything. Now, Jim has a go at Meg um, for missing B sneaking out of the rec room, you know, when Martha, when she bashes Martha. <laughs> yeah. And she literally, um, no, hang on a second. Yeah, he goes has a go at Meg because, you know, you missed this, blah, blah, blah. He's literally yelling in her face. And she has to say to him, you're not in the army now. Like. Yeah, that's a, that would, that sort of hit a bit hard. It was a little bit um, below right? the belt, wasn't it? She has a go this episode. And, like, I mean, he's accusing her of incompetence and gossiping. So I would skits it at that, right, if someone was doing that to me. 
But because he's doing this, he's going, well, it's because you were gossiping because you're a bloody lady. She goes, actually, no, it's because um, we're organizing a union meeting to discuss your admin. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I'm part of the union, so I have a right to have my say. Great. So then he goes, shall we? And he literally walks out of his own office and makes her follow him to go to this fucking meeting. <laughs> What's thinking at this point? You're just like, oh, God damn it, Jim. Your management, you can't be part of the union anymore. It was, it, it was, it was funny there because I thought it was well acted because, um, yes. because Jim sort of is, you know, when, he, when he's like having, having it out with her and, and he's quite clear. In yep. his in his directives about what he thinks is going on, right? Yes. And and then when she she almost like says stuff it, right? Yep. This is what we're doing, you know. And then yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, they do go to the meeting, but what happens is Meg, obviously, for the point of the story, Meg walks in first. But in the meantime, Joyce Barry and is it Colleen Powell? That's her name, right? Poface. Yeah. Yes. Good. Because they don't say her I don't think they say her name, but I just remembered. I'm like, it is I'm saying the right word. Anyway, it's the right name. You know, they stand up and they have their concerns. Vera, do you notice how Vera's sitting there the whole time, just smirking and stiff as a board? She is not moving. She is not blinking. She is just sitting there. The first thing I, happen. the first thing I'd be saying, well, I'd be thinking to myself if I was Jim, was like, how come I get mm -hmm. this from Meg and not from, yep. uh, not from Vera? Yep. Yeah, my so-called deputy, although acting only, but still. Yeah, totally right. Where's the togetherness? Where's the backing? Right, you know? which he brings up later, doesn't he? Um, we'll get so, to that. Love it. So Meg walks in and Jim follows and goes really loudly, guys. Now, what's all this about? Like, you can't go in to a team meeting where you're the manager or the boss and have a go at your team. They have a right to discuss whatever's going on. Stay out of their feckin' way. He goes barges right in there and he argues with them he argues with them there's a whole heap of things like you know there, there's quite a few office scenes right where yes where jim throughout this particular episode there's probably about three or four of them mm -hmm. where he starts barking orders and saying yep. how it should be and all that sort of thing nowadays people no just way. quit now people <laughs> they literally just, quit they would just quit whereas previously you know the whole thing about you know hey mr boss man and all that kind of thing yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. It's 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 done. If well, not you're as much. If, if you're kind of like a boss now, you know, at whatever level, you know, as a coordinator level or as a as a manager level or you know whatever, if you are like a boss, people and you can't sort of intertwine yourself and meet them at that level, then you're done for. Yep. Aren't you really? And Eventually, this yeah. is this is a really great example of that, I thought. Like the way that things have changed. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, oh I, yeah. I, I thought that <laughs> that sort of social kind of commentary there was quite intriguing. And the fact that he just yells is so insane. Like all that's maybe, missing was a spit coming out of his mouth from episode oh, 49. I was, and I was watching closely because I'm like, maybe we missed an episode that we don't remember, but alas, we did remember it. We would have seen it. <laughs> Excuse me, water went down the wrong tube. Okay. Your nose. No, you know when you swallow water, once in a while, more often than it should, I guess, I swallow it down the wrong tube, like the air tube. 
the esophagus, there's only one of those. Okay, so you know when you swallow water and you choke <laughs> on it? Yeah, that's just choking. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that, just, that happens. That, that, that just that means a lot. you're like a, a preschooler and you just forget <laughs> to swallow. Yes, I'm already <laughs> trying to talk. So I'm like, ah! yeah, try waterboard me, bitches. It's not going to happen because I do it to myself. I've got a high tolerance to waterboarding. Now, or, or the or the other thing that happens is that it goes through upwards and goes through the nose, and you start to sneeze to water through your nose. Do you know what happens when I eat tater or bread? And it gets stuck like halfway down because that mm. happens a lot to me as well. <laughs> yeah. You're eating too fast. This yeah, is a shit you don't put on your hinge app. You don't put on your dating apps, right? I have to. And then, it, like, I have to sneeze and then it dislodges. It makes me sneeze. <laughs> Maybe you just need Don't you just drink and, and, and the water just, like, flushes it and just well, I clears can't because, the- Well, I can't drink because my body's going into the motion of getting re- building up to a sneeze. I'm like, oh, I can't drink water now. It's going to go everywhere. So how do you do that? What do you mean? Force what? yourself to sneeze. No, I don't force myself. But you know how your sneeze builds up? That's what's happening. So I can't drink so, because that's happening. So so, so so, if you if get I'm, a piece of potato right. stuck in your throat. Well, it's not in the throat. It's kind of moved down by then, I think. Is it and down? You know like- how, and you know how usually you just wait a little bit and it, it down near the breastplate kind of area. Yes, I will and then sneeze. It just it just gets stuck there, and that triggers a sneeze. Button. Yes. Okay, that's incredible. So I think I what's happening, right? I think my body's forcing itself to do something violent to push it down. Well, that's a great defensive mechanism that your body's got. What a fucking point, mate. That's a good point. Anyway, weird, right? I know. Sorry. <laughs> if it was me, I'd just choke, <laughs> or I'd be running to the you know. To the cat bowl and <laughs> oh, you just like, would you just throw yourself over the back of a chair to do, give yourself the Heimlich maneuver? Yeah, I <laughs> just to get this little grape out. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, okay, okay, <clears throat> sorry. Okay, so um, anyway, they they say to Jim they're concerned about office welfare, officer welfare and safety under these new hardline laws, and he responds going, "I'll tell you what I'm concerned about: insubordination." <laughs> Yeah. What a turd. <laughs> and he's fucking yelling at these, like, oh, I'm going to say women, but I through my notes I, I wrote officers because it shouldn't matter. But, like, this bloke, anyway, so Meg diffuses the potential shit fight by having a go at him, but then she kind of says, like, the discussion is worthwhile, ha- worthwhile having and I believe Jim came, like, attended the meeting to do this and then he, he kind of calms down a little bit. Um, like she saves his his skin from him having to double down in a sense, right? So the officers de- officers are demanding more staff, less overtime, and that bloody fitness regime to bugger off. And he goes, Jim goes, are you out of your minds? Like he just can't. He's like, nah, fuck you guys. It's it, it it's like where you you, you just don't you got to sell <sighs> that fitness regime, and you got to yep. Make sure that people are just, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I know that. I, I mean, when you think of when you watch all the prison movies nowadays, all people do are bench weights and, and run around out. and and basketball, dunk, dunk basketball, and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like these ladies just are not in the slightest bit interested. They don't give a shit. <laughs> they don't just, care. Maybe like remember when they had netball at one point. 
that was actually not going too bad until someone stuffed it up. But I reckon you could bring that back. Netball? The netball they were doing. In what, in prison? Yeah, remember when they did netball for like one episode and then someone threw the ball and it accidentally hit Vera and then Vera That's volleyball. It? Oh, it was volleyball. Oh, well, sorry. Yes, it was volleyball. Apologies. But they were like, there was enough of them that turned out. Like if you did that. But even when they acted that, right? It was so good. And just the, the way they threw the ball, it was. Marilyn like, in those shorts. It was like, oh, my God, these uncoordination, like oh. real life uncoordination. Well, they would never. Well, those women <laughs> probably would never have done sports. What did they do aerobics? They were popular then, weren't they? Uh, yeah, with the leotards. Jazzercise. Yeah. Come on, aerobics is good for your cardio. Not that I do it, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, um, Meg manages to get him to agree to cancel the extra overtime in the fitness program, but he's dem- he's insisting that the loss of privileges remain because he doesn't want to look weak and like he's being pushed around. I think that's fair enough. Yep, that's fair. Later, Nick Minna, right, two prisoners are being transferred from Barnhurst, Hack O'Connell, to be nearer her kids. And effing hell, it's Chrissy Latham. I was just saying I wish she'd return. That fucking hair has gotten bigger and it just takes up the entire frame. I'm in And she's gotten a little bit raunchier too. Yes, right? She's as frisky as a mountain goat, isn't she? She's <laughs> as... <laughs> she's she's loving life. So Vera, this hard. is what gets me hard, bro. Her hair is so beautiful. It just bounces like just Jesus Christ. Amazing. Vera recognizes her um admissions folder and does a smirk. And she kind of semi-warns Jim that she's caused trouble at Wentworth before. And Meg may have some reservations about her being back. And he, she knows Jim like the back of his hand, right? Yep. And and I think that there's a bit, and correct me if I'm jumping the gun, mm. and I'll uh, edit this out, but um, there's a bit there where I think that she is still a woman, a woman scorned. Oh, by 100%. The fact, by the fact mm-hmm. that, yeah, because he's. Yes. Um, he has rejected her advances even yep. like in the last episode and there's a little bit of that in this as well yeah. and we and know so, she's like that yeah she's that <laughs> she's that petty yeah. and maybe it's not even that petty to be honest she'd be embarrassed um <clears throat> yes you're right so first of all instead of asking why would meg have reservations jim just yells if meg has problems she can take it up with me okay so you're a terrible yep. manager <laughs> yeah and then Vera sees this as another opportunity to undercut him and just says, okay, <laughs> like, sure. And she tells Meg, um, you've, Jim wants you to go and process the two new admissions and doesn't warn her about what's happening. Doesn't give her any effing heads up. Doesn't even say to Jim, hang on a minute, I'll do it. I'll do it. If it was someone at my work and I knew that was happening, first of all, I'd go, Jim, you read the fucking admissions, it's a problem. Second of all, I'll do it if you have to. She's exactly. such a bitch. So anyway, Meg um, gets to reception. She picks up the folders and Chrissy is wanders in with her hair, bounces in. And uh, you see what she, she does like when she comes in. She It's like she sees uh, Meg, Meg there and yep. then she just goes and leans on the wall as if, She's, oh, this is going to be fun. Yes, exactly. So 
she comes in and she says, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, something like she makes a comment. And B goes, sorry, Meg goes, that bastard. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> that was so good. I've been set up is what yeah. she thinks. And she leaves and makes Coley and do the processing. But Chrissy, she's sneering, right? She's got that whole black eyeliner on that coat juts out from the eyes a little bit. She goes, oh, it's nice to know you're wanted. I have to get my Chrissy. I will perfect it over the next couple of episodes. So she's just like. You bastard. This is great. Bastard. <clears throat> so Meg has a go at Vera for not telling her. Do you notice how Vera omits detail? So it looks like Jim knew the full situation and still made Meg do it. She picks Again, and chooses. Doesn't give a shit if she gets caught out. She was, she's lying. She's literally yeah. saying, no, I didn't know about it. Yeah. So now Meg goes Jim properly, like proper. She goes to his office and rips into him and she says, I won't work here while Latham's a prisoner. It went worth. And she's like, how could you do this? Even though Vera told you the problem, Jim. Um, and he go and he's like, Vera didn't tell me the details, and um, I didn't have time to read the the admissions. And she goes, "You're the governor; it's your job." Which it is your job, bro. So you should have done it. And he's like, "What's the problem?" Blah blah blah. She goes, "Latham is the one that killed my husband." <laughs> like, fuck. It's just like the. Can you imagine hearing that? Yeah, it's the oh shit moment, isn't it? I mean, he, yeah. And then he tries to get her to sit down and he's like, sorry, Meg, oh, we, we can talk th this through. And she's like, it's no, we can't. Mrs. Jackson to you. <laughs> That's when you're officially oh, in the bad books. Yeah. You are done, bro. You are done, skis. And she even continues to go, Mrs. Davidson would have called the department right away. I bailed you out yesterday at the union meeting, um, but you can do your own job now and storms out. Hmm. Now, Colleen finds out from Vera um, about Meg's husband, what happened, about Bill Turd Jackson, and directly asks Jim. You still have a thing for, mate, for Bill, Bill Turd Jackson. Jackson. It doesn't yeah. change just because he's dead. These people that are like, oh, oh he was so nice. Do you know, when you, you know when you hear shit like that and when people like talk about, oh, he was a nice guy, I'm like, let's admit it, he was an absolute turd, and well, now he, he's dead. He's just a dead body now. Bill Turd Jackson. And you know what? And it was, remember, it was her. It was um, Chrissy Latham was Chrissy the one Latham. that he was flirting with. Yep. It's turd. I don't do it. I don't do it. My mum doesn't do it. My dad doesn't do it. So. Cheating. Flirting. Flirting, yes, yeah, sorry. So what Same the fuck, bro? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, what I'm saying is I don't give him any ounce of allowance with this. I don't care. He's a turd. And you know what? That yellow can turtleneck skeevy he always was used to wear, a get off it. Oh, Meg, I want you to work. I want you to leave work and stay at home. Shut up, bro. You're turd, Jackson. You did it to yourself. Anyway. I would love a lady to say to me, <laughs> I would just, you know, yeah, I, I, know. Think, I, I think that your, I think that your best position yeah. is, at, is at home. Is at just home. Do the lawns. Just to look after me. Yeah. All right. How about this? And if I would go, you, yes, thank you. Okay. If there was a woman, <laughs> if there was a woman, right, that would say that she, who's willing for that to be the, 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 the situation. Yep. But she has a teenage child. 
Would you be all right with that? Would you go, okay? Knowing that the kid's probably going to be out of there in four years. Well, you pa- well, oh, four, four years of pain, yeah. You do it? Yeah, okay. Four okay. years cool, of pain. Cool, cool, yep. cool, no doubt, no doubt. I'm thinking if it was, yeah, okay, cool. Male or female, uh, why? Well, I, I just assume, and I'm just assuming here, that, um, mm-hmm. that it's the females that would give parents more grief. No, that's not true. The whole pregnancy thing? What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> that's the biggest issue. The whole yeah. pregnancy thing in case, in that case is the a issue. female teenager gets. You can get an abortion so fucking easily. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. That's not your problem. <laughs> Listen, you you got more problems if you have a male that's going around thinking he doesn't have to worry about it and be accountable. A female will always go out of the, her way to take care of herself. A bloke yeah. is stealing cars. Yeah. Probably going to try meth. Yeah. Getting women pregnant. Getting whatever. Is more likely to be a paedophile. Should I move on? Well, apart from the female is much easier. They would be living the life. Listen to me. Yeah, but yes, he's going to be living in your house. I'm telling you, (laughs) if you have to have a female teenager or male in your house, you want a female. She's going to be cleaner. She's going to avoid you at all costs and stay in her room the whole time. She won't take over the living room. She'll be sullen. Worst case, she'll be sullen and sooky, which means she'll be quiet. She'll stay in her room. She might bang a few doors once in a while when she's got a period. Well, Get the mother can it. deal with that when she comes Exactly. Home. You just <laughs> chuck some chocolates and chippies in the uh, pantry. Bro, you're the favorite. <laughs> anyway. I would I, I would die for that sort of scenario. Yeah. I get you, mate. Well, you're halfway in terms of distance towards your lighthouse, so. Move to Flinders. You can get cheesecake. You can get vanilla sauce. By the way, uh, that's that's the dream. That's the goal. Yes. Oh my god, get it the same weight as your cat. Although your cat probably doesn't weigh enough. How much do you reckon Sav weighs? Uh, Sav would weigh probably six kilo. That's decent. Yes, get a get a vanilla he's slice a the same weight. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> when you pick him up, you you don't realize how long. A Shit, cat is really? until you pick them up and they are just dangling. Did you get, <laughs> did you get a sore neck that time when you woke up and you were sleeping on your head? All the time. <laughs> you did it again this morning. It's the funniest image to me. He just sits on your head. Well, sometime during the night, right? It's because like it's still brilliant. it's still quite cool, right? Oh. He will search for because like he normally likes to sleep on my hand and I, cause oh I have to sleep god. with my arm out. Right. Oh my God. So he's on the opposite side of the bed sleeping on the hand. Right. Cause that's the hot water bottle. And, yeah, then, yeah, and yeah. then sometime during the night, like mm. I sort of move around and yeah, yeah. my thing. And of course that disrupts him. And then of course you bastard, the common denominator is to go sit, sit, sit between on the, on the top of the pillow. Right. Yeah. Between my head and the bed head. <laughs> Gets it. He gets and, it. And sometimes I wake up and I am sweating like you wouldn't believe, right? And it's like I'm wearing one of those Russian hats. Oh my god! <laughs> no, that's fucking amazing. A, bla- a, a black and white yes. Russian hat. Yes, it would be like I can just imagine, bro. Oh, that's too fucking funny. It doesn't happen every night. Don't get me wrong, but no. it's not like it's not not Common. uncommon. It does. <laughs> I get mental case. It's brilliant. Oh my god, so good. 
Okay, great. That was a great image for me and everyone listening. <laughs> so, okay, where the fuck was I? Okay. Uh, Colleen, she actually directly asked Vera if Jim knew about the history of Latham before assigning Meg to process Chrissy, and Vera nods yes. She doesn't say yes, but she nods yes. So she's actually so fucking devious. And then she smirks because she sees this as because Colleen Crescent goes, Well, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to bring it up at the next union meeting. Vera now sees her opportunity to move into the governor role solidify. She's on her feckin' way, guys. She, at this stage, she is absolutely 100% in full belief. Yes. She's put her house on it that, that, um, Erica is not coming back. Yep. And with Jim out of the way, like who else? Are you going to put Poface? You're going to put Meg? Both of them are not ambitious enough to want that job. No, nah. there's no one. Yeah. Joyce Barry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's good at running a union meeting, that's for sure. She runs the next one that they have, which is obviously an emergency meeting, and the officers are disgusted. By Meg's treatment. Capital G U S T. S T. Disgusted. <laughs> so good, right? Um, so they're now going to revert back to all their previous demands, which is transfer of Latham, removal of constant supervision, privileges, everything. If Jim disagrees, they go on strike. Now, Vera is not at this meeting, but apparently she has told Colleen she'll agree to whatever they decide. So now this is great because she complete ignorance. Oh, I wasn't there, Jim. She's removed herself from both sides of the fallout. She's a scummer. Meg doesn't tell the women what Vera did, right? Because she goes, oh, where's Vera? And they're like, oh, she's, you know, not here, blah, blah, blah. I would have 100% been one been raging publicly about it. I would have told everybody what she did. But I would have done it to her face first. Yeah. That's what I would have done. Can we just really quickly talk about Officer Barry, Joyce Barry? You can never see her eyes because of her glasses in the camera, and it's fucking terrifying. You notice that? You can barely ever see her giant bat eyes, her owl eyes, because of the reflection of the lights. So weird. I don't know. I, I never picked up on that. I just see uh, these two big bug eyes. Things. Yes. But it's like, it's just like, I don't like know it's what the like fuck. Jeff Goldblum, the fly. Yes. So weird. Anyway. Jim loses it because they go in and tell him all this and, and they're like, we'll strike if you don't give us these things. And he goes, fine, you're on strike. <laughs> so the officers, they've already locked the women in their cells and they, they will provide a skeleton staff. Now, in this bit when he's yelling at them, did you notice you can hear the echo of his yell in the set? Like you can hear it going up into the set rafters. I if didn't. Listen- I, I, I have to go back and listen to that. I didn't. I must admit I didn't. Yeah, you can just slightly hear it travelling, and I'm like, yeah, there's no roof on this bloody office, is there? (laughs) Well, there there is a scene as well that has B, and and she's in solitary, and they do the camera from the top, and that is the the longest ceiling. The longest can, yes. You know that it's such a wide shot. I'm like, there's no way you can do that if there was a if there was a ceiling. Yeah, there's. (laughs) It's really good. Yeah, you can tell it's either it's yeah. feast or famine, yeah. isn't it? It's yep. not like you know, there's there's not even a ladder there for somebody just to no. hold the camera and and be <laughs> on there. 
let alone like one it. of those sophisticated things that go up and down, you know, the I know. Yeah. It's just the, it like, is there's either a guy literally purchasing purchase, yeah. purchasing on the corner of the set. Yeah. It's either you're either on the roof yes. or you're on the floor. Take your pick. It's so and good. Gone, Let's go through the roof this one. It's so and it's clearly it the, the the whole cell yeah looks completely off. Yeah, because, totally of, because, of how tall, because of how tall the bricks go. Yeah. You know, it's and you like think, she's in a bloody cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> this is why, guys, we love Prisoner. This is things like this. It's these things just, that are like. Yes, they're it's gems. Not, it's not even the fact that it's missed. It's just there's nothing we can do about it. Let's just move on. Yes. And then we just go to the next thing. <laughs> and, and you I know what? I loved it. Love no, it. Nobody. Bad as an eyelid. No, you just go, okay. So do, do, do yeah. you think that they would if if there was like a, a, a Twitter or a you know an Instagram or a TikTok or whatever, you know, hmm. like would they survive? <laughs> no. You never know what becomes cult and viral anymore though. Yeah. Um <clears throat> as the officers file out to strike at reception, they're all lining up to sign the book. Greg <laughs> He's standing there and he's like staring at them all and he, he kind of walks down the line of women and it Meg's at the end and she's looking straight forward <clears throat> and he offers to take her out for a drink. And I'm, at this point, I'm just shaking my head like, oh, my God, bro. And she refuses and says, save it for Karen. Oh, how fucking good was that line? Save it for Karen. And he goes, come if on, you, Meg. Yeah. If, if you were... I, I just think that he was very insensitive. Like, do you Agreed. want a drink? Oh, a drink will just fix it. Oh, you'll get over it or what sort wow. of thing. And it's that's why like, Australia has a drinking problem. Yes, yes. And, <laughs> but not but, even a, oh, my God, guys, solidarity. Like, I, I support you. Or, no, I'll just stay here and I'll continue to work my two days and get paid. Yeah. I just thought, yeah, it was just like, a, a incredible. 100%. Mm. So she says that and then he goes, come on, Meg, that was uncalled for. She goes, I don't need your sympathy now and I don't need it ever. And that told him straight to his face, we're done, skis. Absolutely. Yeah? Is they that what you done. took from that? Absolutely. You could read that, right? That was get oh, out of my face it, it forever. Was, it was very much don't even come yep. and knocking. You can go and start courting your Karen, yeah. all right, because you're boring. Yeah. You're banned. Totally. And I loved it. Oh, she's done. Meg's done. She's done. snapped at everyone. It's what you want to do at work sometimes, John. Just like cut off everyone. I might do it tomorrow. I'm telling you what we spoke about earlier. We won't talk about it on air, but they can't. Just say no. They can't fire you. They can't sue you. Know your boundaries. You've got to know your boundaries. And I'd just be saying no, like I always do. In fact, it's gotten to the point where they don't even ask me half the time anymore because I'm like, you know my answer is going to be no. Order I'm not, off I can't, a duck's back. Bro, I can't spend my energy on these people that I work with when there are so many other people in my life that I will I would rather invest in, aka what? doing a podcast with me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I the number one? Bro, you're number one, bro. <laughs> bro. Anyway. Anyway, just say no, bro. Even even, even above your children? Yeah, because i got none, bro. Well, you say that. Ah! You reckon I don't know? Do you reckon they're just floating around somewhere and I have no idea? 
it might be some connected to somebody else. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fucking chance, mate. Not a chance. Um, There's someone like in Miami or something that. Can you imagine? <laughs> I've just like had a child and given it to someone and going, here you go. Nah. If I had one, I would keep. If I had one. If I. No. Nah. Look at my face, bro. Look at this face. Not a chance, bro. <laughs> I'm all angels and light. La, 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 la. What's that from? Some, I don't know. What Some film of these... group is that from? Uh... It's two guys. It's like a rock. Is it a metal band? And they're on like angels' wings, like they're flying away. Fuck, what's that? What is that? Nah, lost it. What's the song? I, I can't. It's out of my brain. Just describe it to me. I can't remember, but I think there's two of them. No, oh, fuck. So two guys or two girls? Two guys or one guy, and he's floating off at the end with wings, but he's doing this with his hands too, like flapping him. Oh, fuck, what is it? It's killing me now. I'll think of it and I'll let you know at like 2 a.m. this morning, um, tomorrow morning. Do that. Anyway, okay. Dr. Greg Miller, let's talk about this turd. He has to medically assess the new prisoners. Chrissy, great scene. <laughs> Full hits on him immediately, right? She's pulling at his tie and pulling him in. and Then she starts to try to remove her clothes. <laughs> I need to check your ears. Oh, come on, Doc. We can do better than that. She starts pulling down her um, tunic. And he's like, Chrissy, I've had enough of this. And well, she, she, yeah. You, you could see, and I don't know if this is purely just to highlight things, but they made her wear like a black bra. And you can see yeah. it through oh, the yes. – so it's, it's definitely – a yep. thing there, isn't it? Yep. That- yep. And her dress is tailored, not like the other women. Yeah. So it's like she's hot, it's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he has to send her out. He has to go get an officer to drag her out. And she's just like, oh, Doc, as she lingers in the hallway she's, and blows him a kiss. And he's just like, oh, 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 like he can't. Oh, my God. Like he's just so like, oh, thrown. What a turd. So this was before, right? Before Meg tells him j- to F off. Correct. Correct. Yes. Is he aware? Because well, because obviously he wasn't the medical. Was he the medical officer at the time? He like was the there. Well, he must know then. So he would know that Latham killed. So wouldn't you go yes, straight to mate. Meg? And yes, just, mate. And just and you know, go, Meg. Off- this is bullshit. Do you need support? Yeah. And he's just like, nah. Yeah. This, for, this, for this Mr- is just a way for me right? to get another drink. Exactly. And for Mr. I'm going to get involved and tell Erica how to do her job and take it easy and shit and sometimes butt in, he's not going to go to Jim because he's a man, by the way, and tell him, I think this is inappropriate that Latham is back at Wentworth. You would have done it if it was Erica. Absolutely. Yep. White man syndrome, right? So so smurfly. (laughs) So Pat O'Connell's in there as well and she's just standing against the wall with her head down like totally like meek. And so far, she seems subdued, right, as a character um, when you compare her to Chrissy. Um, and she says she's in there because she aided and abetted um, her husband and son for an armed hold-up, and they have transferred her to be closer to her kids so her kids can visit. Mm-hmm. So she's obviously – obviously, the officers and everyone like her as a prisoner and deem her trustworthy and worthy of this move, right? Yeah. She's been in prison for two years. She seems super nice. Now, here's a question for you. Do you think you would aid and abet a family member? It's a hard one. Uh, depends what the circumstance was. Yeah. Was it murder, you know, something like that? Mm. 
Was it just? If it was an armed hold up, I would totally go. I'm not getting involved, bro. You did it to yourself. Yeah. You know and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that, but I think that at the time, I, I think times have changed a little bit since then. And yeah, yeah it's yeah, you know, it's whereas I think it was sort of deemed as a dog act. Even you in were the more age. of a clan back then, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and you know, but the thing is, it was harder to get caught. To get caught nowadays yeah, with true. all the forensics and stuff, one fingerprint and you're done. So yeah. it's no point. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get found out too easily. Yeah, I know. I was trying to think of what I would do, and I'm like, oh fuck, you bloody bastard! You but all men are bastards. <laughs> so anyway, she draws comparisons between her and Roz because she's just in the with Roz, a yeah. former girlfriend in the. I'd probably say the late nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Had on had, had as a screensaver, mm-hmm. all men are bastards. Like, like how are you serious? How, yeah, how then does that make me feel? <laughs> That's awful, man. <laughs> what the all, f- all men are bastards? And I think she's dating men though. <laughs> me. <laughs> oh my god! So so all men, but like obviously not you. It's like well, when I say yeah, hashtag but, old white man, old white man syndrome or white man syndrome. Clearly, yeah. I don't mean all of you because most of you are actually decent. I remember but, seeing that. I remember seeing that, and it was sort of like, "Wow, man, <laughs> it's not great." Do you know what that's like? That's like you have a partner, like a boyfriend, and he's got fucking like Pamela Anderson on his desktop background or some shit. And you're like, "Really, bro?" Love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Are you a wham bam thank you Pam <laughs> fan? Sure, why not? Prefer her to the other bloke, Tommy or whatever his name is. <laughs> Tommy Lee from Botley Crew. Yep. Do you do you know? Um, do you remember that um, she had that TV show called Barbed Wire? Yeah, and, yeah. And it used to be on Vaguely. like Friday nights on Channel Ten. You couldn't wait and for it, it, could you? And the thingo was like wham bam thank you Pam. <laughs> Isn't that awful? <laughs> <laughs> That, that would have been so that would have been ninety seven, ninety eight. Oh, that's that so sort of disgusting. <laughs> it didn't go very well, did it? Um, <laughs> so she's, it was a disgrace. It's a disgrace, bad. Um, so yeah. Anyway, she's in a cell with Rolls and blah blah blah, and she draws comparisons between their crimes. Like, oh, they they're the same. Do you find because, that Roz is settling yes. in a little bit too easily? Yes. You know, like she's going to <laughs> yes. be another Karen. That was just my initial yeah, thoughts. She's a little bit, uh, and I know she's young. Um, yeah, come from you know that sort of Bible basher background. And, yeah, I don't think I don't know if it's self righteous, but yeah, it's that sort of. Yeah. Uh, everything she's, she's affronted by everything. Yeah, and she's obviously. Um, it's a white word. White word. She's a little bit more educated. Yep. And she knows it. Yep. And like, so for example, Pat's going, mate. We're stuck in here because they're on strike. There's no point getting crazy about it and banging on the doors. You're just going to have to deal with it. You're in jail for doing something. This is your life now where a lot of your time is waiting and just whittling down the minutes. And she's carrying on like she's God's given. Like, I have rights. Like, I mean, of course you have rights. But, like, this is the rule. You stay there and you shut up. (laughs) Anyway. Skid Row, 18 in life. Mate, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> that reminds me. Um, yeah. So, uh, Chrissy's in with 
Doreen and Lizzie. And she tells this story about how at Barnhurst she'd sneak over to the men's blocks at Barnhurst because obviously it's co-ed <laughs> in a sense. And she used to hook up with the men because, um, you know. oh, And the governor. Se- yes, and the governor. So, this, so the, security, the security guard would leave open a gate at night. Doreen goes, what did the security guard get um, for leaving the gate open? And Chrissy laughs maniacally. <laughs> What do you think? And then Lizzie goes, oh, I love Lizzie. Oh, man, it'd be, have to be hard up to have a woman with a laugh like that. And then she makes another thing, like something about like a, a book. Uh, so the, uh, well, here's, a, here's a book for you. you oh, know, yeah, like she how, goes. How to stay res- I don't know, respectable. Ha- or something. How, to ke- how to remain in a long-term Plus. relationship with monogamous <laughs> relationship. Chrissy just throws it on the ground because she gets it. So... <laughs> <laughs> so she, and then she goes on I to that tell. Was great. Oh, I fucking loved it, and I think she actually says. I think I wrote it down here somewhere. Uh, hang on, I've just got to write. I swear to God, I wrote it down. Wait, everyone, wait. Play the um thingo music. Go. Right. So, yes. So this is what happens. She tells his story about how. She started a strip show at Barnhurst. She started to strip and the governor walks in and he sat right down and watched me to continue to strip the whole thing and then he took me home. And Doreen calls bullshit on it and she and then she um Chrissy goes over and grabs Doreen by the chin and threatens her and says if you want to like get along now you better wise up because there's no Frankie around for protection. Right? Uh, that and is she, the hardest. That is the hardest story to believe. That a governor yeah. Yeah. would, you know, I'm just guessing it's he. Yeah, he would risk his entire career and pension and everything. Although he probably would, I wouldn't. I'm not surprised by it. But to take her, no home, one would say anything. No one would say anything. To take her home. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be home. It'd be a hotel. <laughs> wouldn't even be. Just be his office. Just go to the bloody boiler room. It would be in his office. There would be no one there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's taking the prisoner out of the – like everyone can see her in the car. Okay, bro. Anyway, yeah, it's great. It's Chrissy, right? It is total Chrissy Latham to make up bullshit like that. That would be a governor that would have so many worries, oh right? My Especially God. imagine if she ulcers. got pregnant. Right? God, you're so obsessed with that. You're terrified. Um, <laughs> real quick note here. Chrissy calls Pat a crawler. Because she sucks up to the screws all day. Anyway, I love that. Because, you know, we call them screws and she's calling them crawler. There's names for everyone. It's, but it's true. Yeah, it is I, true. I think, I think she's, she is just a, a another do-gooder. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. If it can get her through her time at Wentworth, if it doesn't get her in trouble with the ladies, with the other women. Anyway, she then um, later on, <clears throat> uh, nope, we'll get to that later. Screw it. Jim, meanwhile, is having a go with Vera. He actually says to her, I trusted you, Vera. Um, and he's the only one to call her out on this, on the, the lying about Megan Latham and Bill Turr-Jackson. Like he's the only one who actually says to her, you lied about this. And she says, I trusted you too, so I guess it's quits. Trusted him well, this in what is, way? Well, this, well this, is, this is what I was uh, exactly. talking to you about. It's all about she was so... Hot yep. for Jim. Yep. 
hot for teacher. He, he listened to that song the other day, yeah. And then when he, yes. um, uh, clearly took her up the garden path and said, you know, I'm back with the Leela. Leela? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, su- I'm, I'm surprised they didn't call her Sheila instead of Leela. Oh, it would have been amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go, go. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> but that's the whole thing I was saying about before that she is a woman scorned. And too easily, because here's the thing what did you trust him in? You literally had one date. Where you had a drink and dinner, and then you kissed. Trusted him in what? There are some that I I would say that there are probably some girls out there. Some, not all, of course. But there, there are of some course. that yes. would take that extremely seriously. And um, my point is, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Back then, maybe it was more important. It was like you wouldn't take someone out on a date. It would be pretty much that's what you did. Yeah. As soon it- as you hooked up, that was it. That was that was that's the difference between she's crazy. I guess how her mother probably would have liked her to have um, met somebody, and you go through you know the hashtag process. She was already planning her bloody hashtag marriage. Yeah. Um. So anyway, once again, Vera has a short-lived friendship with a man. (laughs) It's shocking. So anyway, um, the first sign of trouble. She it is like. it is like get the U-boat out, mate. You know, and start right? blowing things out of the water. I mean, it is just she just goes it. It's a disaster. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. She is every man's nightmare. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Except maybe George Lucas. We don't know. That could have gone somewhere, but I don't well, think it would have. The the thing is, is that she is a she's a lady who I envisage she's a lady. needs. Needs uh, in in a partner someone to dom to dominate and put her kind of back in her place yep. a little bit, you know. I think she would like that. I think she would like to well, not she did. have that to. Was, that, that was George Lucas. Have right? all the control. Yeah, she's like, I just want to relax. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But it, I think you could have done others, it too. But it's all it's all about her trying to make it work, and it's not coming naturally. Yes. And yes. so she gets frustrated when at the first sign of trouble. Mm-hmm. And I that's should, a big I learning. Should be a counselor. You really should, because that's a tr- that's true though. It's it shouldn't be that hard, and you don't learn that until you go through it. And then you're like, yeah, it shouldn't be that fucking hard. But some people never learn that, and they just keep. When tra- you realize like, when you click yes. with somebody, yes, and you realize that oh, all of a sudden oh, you ha- you have their attention. That's that, how it is, and all that sort of thing. Is that. Yeah. Oh, so all those other times where I thought things were going to happen, yes. and it's just like, <laughs> oh, it was, it was never ever going to happen. Oh my so. god! Yeah, when you see it now, you're just like, Jesus Christ. Um, so okay, let's get to the women. We're still on strike, guys. Paul Lizzie is made to start serving, um, the other prisoners with the other old prisoner. I can't remember her name. Tina. And I'm just, well, what Tina? I think it was Tina, isn't it? Let's go with Tina. I just why why would you make two elderly prisoners serve the rest of the dinner to the cells? I get because why. They're yes, because they're yes and no. Yes, people. and you can probably shut them down pretty quickly if they try to do anything. Although Lizzie is a fucked scumbag, you could, I wouldn't trust her outside. She wanders the halls constantly. But these poor things are going to be so tired by the end of it. And Lizzie's starving. She's old, man, and she's frail. Give her some food. Anyway, he's losing her temper in solitary. As we know, they have cathedral high ceilings in the pound. 
<laughs> um, and apparently she's saying to like Vera visits her and she has the right to, I have the right to have the VJ look at my case within two days of being in the pound and Vera doesn't give a shit. And I think at one point um, Vera actually wants her to stay in, in the pound longer and I think Jim's the one who lets her out, right? Yeah. But that just goes to show you how hardline Vera is. So um, I'll very quickly skip to Karen. Apologies, everyone. Later on, Karen visits to Angela, which we'll get to, and I just want to really quickly talk about how Angela was carrying a Safeway bag, a Safeway shopping bag. Did you notice? Amazing. And some and some tip top sunny, uh, yes, uh, sunny crust. Also, who puts, <laughs> who puts the shopping bag down in the middle of the living room and takes one item out, walks it into the kitchen, comes back, grabs another one, walks that into the kitchen? Come on now, bro. Just tell Karen to move into the kitchen with you. Well, when you've only got one camera, you've got to. I know, you've, mate. You've got to work and it. one room. You've got to work it. <laughs> I know, it's so good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love it. But yeah, it makes no sense. Oh, no, it's so good. So anyway, Angela kind of starts going through her papers um, and she brings out this list. She gets this list that this guy keeps sending her of missing persons that people are looking for. And she's reading out these names to Karen and she reads out Doreen Anderson's name. Now, her mother has been searching for her. Last seen, 1959 in Flemington with her father. Which actually makes sense because you remember when Doreen was saying um, her father loved the horses and loved horses more than her and they worked like at a thing. There's a Flemington race course right there, literally three minutes from where I am. I'm like, I like how they tie that in. That's pretty good, bro. It's V-U-T. Bro. 20 years ago that was apparently. So her mum's been looking for her for 20 years. That's what we're assuming. Meanwhile, Doreen's listening to Chrissy talk about living life to the fullest and how how once someone's attached, they just stop trying. So why would you just take on one? Like, I think you should play them all against each other, like four of them at one time. <laughs> Doreen, she's just sitting there listening to her holding Teddy and she pipes up, oh, even one would be nice. <laughs> oh, poor <laughs> darling. Now, Angela, with an amazing maroon-coloured hat, tries to get into Wentworth once she's read this list. After that, she's like, okay, this is where you just called out something that I didn't register. There's a copper now manning the front gate because of the strike, right? It's not It's not written into the story, right? No, it's but not. It's, so it's what is it? It's the same guy. It's the same guy. Remember the guy going, you know, he, he lost Glennis and he's like, punch guy, the wall. Okay, I have a screen grab. I'm like, he said copper. Listen. I thought he was, like, I've seen him before. So uh-huh. he's playing the guy on the gate. Yeah, you know what? He's been demoted, guys, because yeah. he fucking lost a witness twice. <laughs> that's, well, that's what I said. <laughs> Let's make that story line. That's amazing. Oh, that's so good. Because I thought to myself, because, well you know, like I, I think of him as kind of a bit of a Russell Crowe type. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit on the husky side. He's got a, a very sort of distinguishing voice. Yes, cetera, you're right. And um, <clears throat> It's him. I love it. Well done. I like it. I was too distracted with um, Angela's hat. Yes, you oh, were, God, so weren't good. you? Yeah, I was just staring at that. Couldn't stop. She <laughs> wanted to get in to talk to Jim about Pat O'Connell's kids. She's like, I've got her kids in the car. I want them to visit Pat. And then Jim rocks up because he's late to work because he's had four hours um, because he's been working all night doing paperwork. I've had four hours sleep and I'm busy. Maybe another time, hey? <laughs> And she's like, her face is literally like, nope, that's not going to fly, mate. So she goes 
straight to Erica Davidson to complain. She goes to her house, man. Now, Erica's wearing this beautiful flowy light teal sort of smock dress. She looks like the Columbia Pictures logo. You know, the woman that holds the torch? Yes. She's got the draped thing. That's what she looks like. Beautiful. Yeah, she's in that chiffon. Oh, it's so beautiful, guys. Like, it's would you so... wear that? Yes. If you wore that around, people would think, oh, like yeah. you're Randy or something. It's not like a a. It's it, it's it's, it's like houseware. A, a, it's yes. daytime houseware in the 1979. You don't you wouldn't go outside like that. She would. <laughs> she actually makes plans with her friend to meet her in half an hour, so she's going to get dressed for that. Well, hot man. I wouldn't. I just put on some sneakers and go. <laughs> Keep rocking till the sun goes down. <laughs> I'm gonna kiss you every minute, every hour, every day. Anyway, now you believe in a thing called love? Just listen to the rhythm of the heart. Um, <laughs> There's a chance you can make it now. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I love that song so hard, bro. Hard. Now. They were just out here, obviously. Oh, so jealous you went. Yes. So good, bro. Um, okay, so Angela's talking about how there's a strike and blah, 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 and you've got to do something about it. And Erica goes, I've decided I'm going to resign. But she does agree to visit Doreen's mother to see if she's legit, right? Great. Because she's, she's amazing. Erica Davison is amazing. We've all agreed she's one of our favourites. B. Meanwhile, is let out, even though Vera wanted her to stay in the pound longer. Past regulation. Now, as B crows about Jim being a bad governor as she's leaving, like, ha, huh, Erica will come back and sort it out. Vera says, Erica may not come back. And with Jim out of the picture, guess who's next in line? Mm. And B just has that face like, shit. I've just realized what this means for me. Um, and as this is what I loved, right? As Vera says, and guess who's next in line? It was like this cinematic, like, it was this cinematic, um, like, frame, like when um, Scarlett O'Hara, O'Hara from Gone with the Wind says, As God is my witness, I'll never go hungry again. It was like that, oh, scene. It just zoomed in on Vera and she looked off to the side. It was amazing. I wouldn't know. Of course, you wouldn't know because you're uncultured. Can't believe you haven't watched. You should watch Gone with the Wind. I feel like you'd like it. Strong Maybe. woman character for the old days. Lots of war. Clark Gable. Yeah, well, you know me. What do you say about Clark Gable? But watch it. My favorite part. Okay, my favorite part is the hot the nanny. But the other, my other favorite part is when Scarlett O'Hara throws. She cracks the shits because this bloke that she's going, she's actually going for, who's actually like the lovely guy. His name's Ashley. He's a total sop, right? This bloke's been reared on milk and bread. Like, there's no way. Oh, God, he's hopeless. Anyway, she loves this guy. But he's already kind of, like, um, set up to w marry this other woman who's just lovely. Anyway, she tries it on with him, and he's like, I, I can't, Scarlet, and leaves, and she she cracks her shits, and she has a temper on her. She picks up this porcelain thing or whatever and just fucking fangs it across the room and smashes it into the wall, and then Clark Gable gets up from the sofa because all you see is the back of a sofa. He just gets up like... <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest scene. If anyone's seen it, and you should have, you'll know exactly what I mean. John, you've missed out. See, you've just missed out. 
You've missed out, bro. I'll leave. I feel like the way I explained it was to the letter. (laughs) It really wasn't. Anyway, that's sort of the end of the whole thing, right? This is what's going on. We've left left it at that. We don't know what's going to happen. There's only one more thing we'll really quickly talk about because I don't give a shit about it. Karen and Judith. (sighs) Judith Ann, fully pregnant. She actually looks pregnant, this character. Maybe she is. I don't know, but it's great, right? Now, is she eating a taquito chocolate bar? A chiquito. Is it chiquito or taquito? Chiquito. I've never had one of those. CH. It's that, right? Yeah. Well, you could get them, I think, up until maybe the early 2000s. But um, Yeah, Gonski's now? uh, Oh, I just think it's one of those ones that it just sort of comes and goes. Yeah. I had Um, a cherry ripe today. It was amazing. hmm. One of the good things about going into the office is that um, Mm -hmm. we have a war chest. Nice. It's just swords and shit? It's, uh, well... Kind of. It's full of chocolate. And <laughs> Are there crunchies in there? They're my favourite. Absolutely. absolutely. They've got all the bite size. Yeah, all the, the favourites. Yeah, the mini, the fun size. They call them fun size. Favourites and, <laughs> and quality street. Oh. You know what my favourite is? Morrow, which you can only get in the. In the um. Yeah, Morrow, just like a Mars bar. Yeah, but like better because it's like darker or some shit. It's like not as sweet. It's, it's, it's New Zealand only, yeah. And, um, oh, is that why? Yeah, it's New Zealand only, but you can get it in those um Yeah, in the in those Cadbury, packs. the favourites. Yeah, yeah, because those packs go to oh, New not- Zealand and Australia. Oh, right. I didn't know that. I prefer Morrow to the other one. Anyway. Yes. While you, but also uh, dangerous. While you do that, I'm just going to have a look at that. Morrow. Morrow, Bruce. Bar. Sorry, Morrow. Okay, Karen reprimands her for eating it, and she's like, it's not good for her and the baby. And apparently she's already been cut off from fish and chips and pizza. And I'm like, at this point, just go for it. You're having the baby in a week. Do whatever you want. Yeah. It's fine. You haven't had diabetes up until this point. Gestational diabetes, is that what they call it? Yeah, you're fine. Now, Karen tells her, Judith. In the Middle East as well. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's New Zealand, but only available in Australia via the favourites box. Yeah, that's why I have to get the favourite box. Oh, no. I've got a bag of them. You know where you can buy them now, guys? The reject shop. I'm pretty sure it's a reject shop. You can buy the bags, mm. which makes sense. Of Morrow bars? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just Morrow only, yeah. Yes. Got to go it's, reject it's shop. Like you, it's a bit like you go to Aldi and you get all the Coke bottles, which are all in Arabic. <laughs> yes. Um, and hobnobs. Now. They're gone now. How disappointing for you. Mm. Um, Karen tells her, oh. Someone told me the other day that if you eat digest, what you know what go the, 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 you know what goes really well with digestives, the dark chocolate digestives, yeah, blue cheese. Really? Apparently, it's amazing, guys. Who said let that? Let me know what you think. My partner, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, bro, <laughs> blue cheese and digestive biscuits. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. I reckon, yeah, yes, yeah. but I like uh, because you eat crackers and blue cheese. I guess a little bit of the chocolates. Neither it's here just, nor there. Yeah, I suppose. A bit of that quince paste. Instead of quince paste, you're eating, I don't know, I like blue cheese a lot. Guys, hit me up let me know you what are you moldy. think. That, exactly. <laughs> it's just mold on mold and mold here. So <laughs> Karen tells her this entire situation is a stress on mum and um, Judith thinks her mum won't let her back in the family regardless and her plan is to use the money from the single mother's pension, what her dad sneaks her, and she'll try to get a job ASAP to survive. Like, what a fucking struggle. 
right? Yeah, life was not meant to be you that hard. You are choosing to struggle. So Karen visits Judith Ann's mum and gets involved. Lorraine, who is not Anne Charleston, who played Madge Bishop in Neighbours, it's a different woman. Yeah. Same sensibilities, but. Exactly the same. Um, I, Lorraine, I, I, I think that she picked up the pieces quite well. I think so too. It was completely, and Karen says her name pretty quickly in the scene. You're like, yep, I get it. You're Lorraine. Great. Move on. She has a go at Karen because she was also in prison. And I loved this though. Karen makes this remark about how most upstanding Australian families come from convicts. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, well, nowadays it's, true. it's considered like a, it's fashionable to have a convict connection. Well, when you think of it, right, 1890, uh, uh, 1788, was it? 1888. It was the bicentenary, right? It was 88. Mm. Mm. So you've got to think, like, it's only really 10 generations of... It's not, um, not far away. It wasn't that it, far. It's not that far off, you no. know, so... And that's what they'd all be learning in school and stuff, right? But now, like, at one point it was, like, considered, like, ugh, came from convicts and stuff, but now it's like, oh, it's cool. Um, because if you weren't... If you didn't have a convict here, a convict connection, you were just a settler that came over a bit later on, which I think is where my mum's side came from. It sort of gives Aussies a bit of balls, isn't it? You know, like well, um, yeah. for lack of a better term, it's it's sort of like um, why would you need another term? Is great. Yeah, like like if the English were sort of like the 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 class, Ooh. we were sort of like the ones that scummers. Yeah, so yeah, that they, they came up and we'll um, who knew how to survive. <laughs> <laughs> we would survive so, in anything. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was quite Yeah, Yeah, I liked humorous. it. Oh, yeah, I thought it was funny. So Lorraine visits mum in hospital and she brings yellow flowers and she goes straight what into What a Vic- sorry bunch of flowers. I mean. They were disgusting. They she were pinched the from my neighbour's uh, garden. No, her neighbour's garden. They're in Bo Morris or Black Rock. Her neighbours would have had roses and they would have been The Bo Marisians. Bo Marisians right near Frank. So. She bought them from Safeway. She bought them from the hospital gift shop. Okay. Sufferways. Oh, Sufferway. She goes straight into victim blaming. I offered you a room, but she refused. And now look where you've ended up. And a mum goes begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> but she re-offers mum a place in the house again. And mum says, I'm not going without Judith Ann and the baby. The baby has to come. And Lorraine goes on about how, you know, Judith Ann would always disrupt the house. And with the baby, it's just the whole house is going to be in uproar and Ron, something like Ron's Ron's ill or I don't fucking know what the fuck was going on there. And so then mum turns <laughs> down the offer again, which is a complete lie because they all know Ron. Ron's been hanging out. We know Ron's fine. Later. Later on. Yeah. <laughs> we know she's lying. Anyway, yeah. mum turns down the offer of the room and of the money assistance and Lorraine leaves. And that's it. And I'm like, can we just get through this? Can we get past this storyline? I don't care anymore. Just do something. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. But yeah, anyway, that's I, it. I, I, I got to say, I don't, re- you know, like I've said to you or hmm. said on this podcast before that I've probably seen Prisoner, what, three or four times? Yeah. Um, in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably like, I don't remember what happens with uh, Judith right? Ann. Yeah. It's so. like. It is that under the <laughs> and also because it's a child thing, we're like, we Yeah, normally, I normally I sort of remember bits and pieces, you know, like when oh, things so are mentioned, you know, that um, mm. but I don't really remember. Um, 
what's what's going to happen here. All. So, which I find incredible. You sort of think, oh, you only need to see things once in your life, but well, most things you do remember. But when you don't care, you don't care. Mm. But that was it. That was the episode. So that's sixty-five. Cool. Six plus five equals eleven. And see. So we're almost in November. What? what? I said we're almost in November. In the cold November rain. <laughs> I put my um use your illusion two on. Nice. Like literally two nights ago. Really? Saturday Sick. night, yeah. Sick, bro. And just funny good, that you should that's mention it. That's a good it. album. That's a not, good album. Not number one. I didn't. I, I never. I never really Best enjoyed number one. Yeah. But number two, I think, is full of is the one full of all the bangers. The one that's meant to be the the ugly cousin. Yeah, but the ugly cousins usually got personality, you see, and can get weed. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! We're only in October, guys. Jesus never going to end. When is this? Life ever going to end? Um, Tell me about it. John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Uh, all right. Well, that was it. Um, We've got to get through 692 of these things. So, but no, we before, don't. Before I can kick it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's almost like once. Uh, it's, it's almost like this is such a <laughs> this is what's um, keeping you alive, bro. Well, it it feels like it's never going to end, right? No. And, <laughs> and uh, you know because We're 692. Yeah. Uh, what's 692? I'm doing, uh, hang on. doing it right now. We've got 627 to go. We're still in the 600s. I mean, it's um, it's staggering to We've me. We've got to right? start pumping them out, bro. Yeah, we need to start to go back to two a week or something. Otherwise, right, otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll literally notes. be in the lighthouse. Um. Or a coffin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fair, bro. All right. I'll start making shorter notes and getting to the point a lot quicker. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Um, hit me up on the Prisoner Podcast. Um, I shall say ta-ta. Beirut. <laughs>